I've been waiting a long time for this. All talk, no shock. Recorded live from the Emerald City of Seattle, it's the Mike Seibert Radio Podcast. Your home for pop culture, Transformers, independent artists, interviews, Transformers, and stuff, and things. Also sometimes Transformers. And now, here he is, Bob Vila Jr., Mike Seibert. <laughs> Thank you, and welcome back to Mike Seibert Radio. I am your host. If you'd like to get a hold of me, I am at Mike Seibert Radio. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram, call the Mike Seibert Radio voicemail hotline, 231-224-MIKE. Again, that's 231-224-6453, and right into the mailbag, Mike Seibert Radio at Gmail. This week, it's episode 250, finally, and my guests are Ryan and Aaron from Autopod Decepticast. Uh, We're going to hear about what's new and exciting with their show, almost two years and 100 episodes um, after I first met these guys. Uh, We're going to run through the Transformers fandom ask list questions, and I uh, end up mansplaining uh, what shipping is uh, to my fellow Gen Xers. All of that and more on this all new episode of Mike Cybert Radio. But first, let's kick things off with some shout outs. Yay! Steel again. It's so catchy. Yeah, man, it's a jam-packed show, but it's been a busy week and a busier last weekend, and I got a lot of love to give. Uh, First, uh, thanks a lot to last week's guest, Lucia Fasano, for joining me to talk about her new music, and a happy birthday to her as well uh, this last weekend, uh, last Saturday. And you can celebrate uh, by checking out her latest album, Best Friend Forever. And I also want to give a shout-out to Shannon and Cool Guy Luke from KGRG FM. Uncommon Chords as well. Uh, they uh, they played one of the songs off of that album, and if you dig indie rock and emo jams and really, really sad, sad, sad music... Uh, then go check out their show every Sunday night, live from 6 to 8 p.m. Pacific time. Uh, you can find that at kgrg.com or on the KGRG FM app. Uh, that's uh, available for both your uh, Apple and your Android devices. Um, and I'd say listen to the radio on 89.9 FM, but I uh, I can't get a signal at my own house, so uh, the online stream is the way to go there. And, you know, you don't have to be from the Seattle area. That, uh, that's stream goes around the world so uh check it out and a huge shout out and thank you to chris hotomy and the nice folks from spec script uh we performed dan heisey's uh, script for batman beyond uh it was a show he had never seen before and uh and i got to play both the joker and uh mecha joker um and i kind of discovered that i actually to my own surprise actually have a a relatively decent uh joker laugh um it was uh that that was a ton of fun um, up at Nerd Fair up in Linwood. Um, and I also want to give a shout out to my fellow castmates on that uh, script reading. Uh, uh, comedians Sean Riccio, uh, Lydia Manning, Andy Iwancio, and Aaron and Rhonda from the Pop DNA podcast. Uh, look for that spec script podcast sometime in the next few weeks, uh, pretty much wherever you listen to us here. Um, and check out Spec Script. It is a really fun show. Um, 
it's uh, uh again the concept is where a comedian writes an episode of a TV show that they have never seen before and then a uh, um they assemble a group of folks uh comedians podcasters and other uh cool folks and we uh we read it live in front of a uh, a live audience a table read style and and hilarity ensues it's uh it's really cool um while I was at nerd fair I I mentioned I was there uh, last Saturday I ran into my dude Eric Mannix uh, he was doing the whole uh, uh, cosplay photography thing and he was the MC uh, of the big costume contest at the end of the show uh, which was amazing and he's doing the same thing again next month uh, during Emerald City Comic Con I'll talk about that more uh, at the end of the show so stick around for that um, I also spent a bunch of my time on Saturday at nerd fair up at the Cybefest Northwest table uh they announced the date of august 1st uh for Cybefest northwest 2020 uh they uh they announced that actually while uh while i was recording uh but i did get to see liz and jason and got to hang around and mess around with siege omega supreme uh man that that boy is huge like i've seen pictures but i it, it wasn't until i got my hands on it and kind of saw it for myself um he stands a little bit taller than uh, Combiner Wars Devastator, um, which I think is still a little shorter than Fortress Maximus, but not by much. That uh, That is a big big toy um and uh, also on that saturday uh there was another small convention happening in uh, the seattle area called kick off the cons uh put on by uh renton city comic con uh, rencon which is exactly what the uh, uh what the name says is you know it's kind of like a kind of like a annual kickoff to convention season where conventions go and exhibit at a convention it's very meta um but uh um that that was where friend of the show and previous guest dire oxley uh from the northwest nerd podcast received uh best northwest podcaster award at the northwest geek award so uh congratulations to him well deserved and you know what um maybe next year i'll enter and uh and give him a run for his money because he's won it uh two years in a row uh but uh nah seriously I, I I kid I I gently kid maybe possibly um, but uh, no uh, Northwest Nerd is a great podcast and you should be listening to it uh, you get a real flavor for the uh, geek economy here in the Pacific Northwest it's a very well uh, produced magazine style um, if uh, if Mike Seibert Radio is kind of in the style of a radio show um, and so Northwest Nerd is kind of like in the style of like well you know a magazine style show where there there's uh, features and interviews and commentary it's uh it's really well done i um i like it quite a bit and uh, i'm hoping to have dyer on the show again soon uh, to talk about some of the cool stuff he's got up his sleeve for emerald city comic-con weekend as well uh so uh um uh, stay tuned for that now unfortunately uh like i mentioned i wasn't able to actually make it out to uh kick off the cons and the geek awards uh because i was 40 miles away at a uh, uh, nerd fair in Linwood, uh, but I'm bummed because I uh, I missed the debut of a new band that I'm really excited to learn more about uh, soon. Uh, they are called Supersonic Battle Squad, and they uh, their tagline is they they call their music comic book pop punk 
which is two things that I really kind of like. And I I could really get excited about that. And um, I learned that they're fronted uh, by Jeff Kuth, uh, who is a formerly lead singer of These Young Fools. Uh, So he's a he's a homie from back in the day. And, um, you know, I'll tell you more about this really sick ska show that they're uh, they're going to be a part of and playing this Sunday at El Corazon. But hey, coming up next, it's my interview with Aaron and Ryan from Autopod Decepticast. And stick around later for more exciting announcements about CybeFest Northwest, the Cybertronic Spree, CracklePest 10, Northwest Nerd, and more. This is episode 250, and you're listening to Mike Cybert Radio. Missed last week's episode? Have trouble remembering that hot take you heard? Find it all in the full archive on SoundCloud.com by searching Mike Seibert Radio. Stay tuned after the feature for more great previews. And now, our feature presentation. Welcome back to Mike Seibert Radio. I am your host and got a special one for you today because it is finally perhaps out of order, but we are celebrating episode number 250 of Mike Seibert Radio, and I thought I would mark the occasion by doing the same thing we did back at episode 150 and uh, reacquaint um, listeners in the audience with our friends from the Autopod Decepticast. Now, if you've listened to their show, it's, you know, it, at what at one point it was the minute-by-minute breakdown of Transformers the movie, then they talked about G.I. Joe the movie for like a month or so and now they're talking about uh the g1 cartoon series um and these are uh, some guys i've grown really close to over uh over the last couple years so i thought it would be fun to kind of check back in see where we're at a while because it's been a scorching hot minute since uh since uh they've been on the show um so i'm gonna stop talking because we do have a lot of stuff i want to get to i'm gonna ask about what uh the like last year and a half has been like because their their show has changed and to round out the show uh we're uh, we're gonna dip into uh tumblr town and get into some uh transformers fandom ask questions uh very similar to the well not similar exactly the same ones that um i uh got into uh uh, back in July, right before I went to uh, TFCon Toronto. So um, th- th- there's some fun to be had here. Uh, without further ado, and without a a steeped in pop culture, rich, elaborate, detailed tale um, of uh, each of my friends, uh, we will welcome uh, Aaron and Ryan from the Autopod Decepticast. Welcome back to Mike Cyber Radio, guys. Hi. <laughs> wow wow i just felt that elaborate amazing intro buffet just a really plain hello hi everybody this that is, is aaron. aaron and i am ryan <laughs> thank you for having us on it's a privilege for two fifty. Two fifty. and if anybody Give notices it's like it's like, well, wait a sec. Wasn't like two fifty four last week? Yes, I uh, when when we were uh, th- this is kind of like sort of part two of a crossover episode. I uh, um, we just got done recording an episode of uh, uh, Autopod Decepticast. What what episode number is is that? Uh, that's, that's episode one twenty. Yes. Oh, very good. And we uh, we talked about uh, some one of uh, my very favorite episodes of the Transformers, Heavy Metal War. <laughs> I didn't get to sneak that in during uh, mm-hmm. during our. <laughs> 
are recording, but Familiar. Ryan knows what's up. I want to <laughs> give a, a shout out to uh, Anthony Bercali from uh, Transformers University. That is his joke. That is not mine. I'm just using it as a homage. Uh, that's a that's of course a part of a Slayer's uh, War Ensemble, and that's uh, one of my uh, one of my very favorite drops that he plays. But um, but anyway, Slayer homage, not a Josh homage. I guess. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So, okay. um, right. so anyway, so yeah, so um, uh, we we've been talking for what like two and a half hours already. We're gonna uh, we're gonna mm-hmm. chat oh, for yeah. a little bit more, but um, I don't know you about you, Mike, but we've been drinking. <laughs> yeah, time time spot? moves differently in uh, uh, different parts of the country. I guess I I had uh, I recently had some legislation with my buddy Dave down in Arizona where he's on the West Coast, but they occupy a different time zone this time of year because mm-hmm. they don't observe daylight saving. Things. It's it's very uh, it's very complicated. So um, so to catch everybody up, we uh, uh, 100 episodes ago, uh, the three of you guys, uh, Aaron, Ryan, and Caleb, who is not with us because I spent so much time talking about heavy metal war that we uh, we drove him away. So unfortunately, uh, Caleb will not be uh, joining us uh, for this this go around. But I promised him that I would uh, um, that I would get him on for a solo show, maybe talk about like road war. Warrior or uh, <laughs> Big Trouble in Little China or uh, or heavy metal um, or something like that. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> I uh, um, so, but yeah, I've uh, I got the two of you guys. And uh, when we talked back in episode 150, 100 ish episodes ago you guys were knee deep in the movie in fact it was the last time that we uh or the, i'm sorry the first time that we crossed over it was right before mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. we talked about the uh spoilers uh death of ultra magnus uh double spoilers he gets better um uh death of ultra magnus <laughs> in uh in transformers the movie and now um I don't know. It just it, it feels almost like a lifetime ago in terms of like you know friendship and yeah. content creation. I mean, like at that point, the three of you guys were just yelling into a blue yeti in the center of a center <laughs> of a desk there, and that still wasn't that long ago. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so yeah, I, I just thought we would spend the first uh, first couple minutes just kind of talking about you know kind of take us from where. Um, where you guys were to what's going on current with uh, with the Autopod Decepticast, and maybe we'll talk about like you know some of the the mutual adventures we've had because there have there have been several at this point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Some in various uh, separate from the team crossovers, uh, LA type adventures, and otherwise. Uh, I, I I think that uh, we are one twenty in. I. Just looking at that number again blows my mind. Mm-hmm. We how long have we been doing this? Three years? Yeah, uh, it was Almost like three April twenty seventeen, I think. Oh my gosh! So we've taken the stupid concept that we <laughs> had originally of the minute by minute movie, which, by the way, is not like a new concept. It was not original, even in terms of how I came across it. It was introduced to me by another another uh, friend and source, but but. Uh, to, to even do that stupid thing and break down a thing minute by minute and now these minute by minute and now episode by episode it's so ridiculous but it's so much fun we've been having a lot of fun it's really about the only free time that we get to spend together like as friends nowadays like there's kind of holidays mm-hmm. and there's like 
for people that have been friends their whole lives and live locally, we really don't see each other that often. It is an excuse to get together. And yeah, we started out doing um, a minute-by-minute breakdown of the the... 1986 Transformers animated movie and then after that was over uh, after about 87 episodes um, we went to G.I. Joe and did that at 10 minutes at a time because have mercy and um, then we decided to just keep it going and started doing a bi-weekly podcast where we break do uh we started with g1 episode one and uh just went from there and it takes a hey guess what everybody it's a lot more research to do a 22 minute episode of a a cartoon than it is to do a one minute episode of a movie so we went to a bi-weekly uh format but but thank god for tf wiki Mm. thank god for tf wiki and the contributors to that for all of this but particularly these episode by episode they've held uh, what i tend to do process wise is i'll watch the episode put my notes together structure the episode and then i'll go to tf wiki to see what i missed or yes. forgot about yes. to go back and get get a commentary or take or a shout out to to those people but um not that you're asking it, but I'll go ahead and say it. The it's always it's been a it's a struggle ever since we ended the movie thing, which was the reason why we existed. Our tagline forever was uh, a, a weekly minute by minute breakdown of the of the 1986 yep. Transformers movie, and we had to change our tagline. It, it's been a struggle for us ever since that finished to figure out what we were going to do each time we transitioned to a new sort of project. Like we decided to do GI Joe cause it felt like an easy thing. And there was a handful of people that we liked requesting it. A vocal minority. <laughs> <laughs> but at the time, I guess it felt like it felt important enough that it was something we should do. And it did feel and it ought to it to an extent. I feel like we should do a, my little pony thing just to complete mm-hmm. the Trinity, yeah. but the um, sunbow Trinity, <laughs> but the, but to, at first, I didn't ever, I don't know, Ryan, what your take on this is. I wasn't necessarily into the idea of doing Transformers episode by episode. I was always into it. I, my main reason is because people were doing it. I wanted to try and do something that was original. Nobody had done the minute by minute thing to the extent that we had. Um, and uh, I don't know if any, what anybody had done for G.I. Joe, the movie, but I was wanted to do something original. The concept of episode reviews isn't original. There's yep. even friends of ours that are doing it no, as well. Absolutely. But, but the I guess the original part of it is out it's out, us. It's us right. and our team. And that was why I always wanted to do it because I especially after the movie I felt like and it is just it it is kind of the secondary part of this is for us Aaron myself and Caleb to get together as lifelong friends mm-hmm. and just hang out together and this is an excuse to just have to get together and hang out. And so I thought we had enough of a unique view and a unique take in our podcast, which is completely ridiculous, <laughs> and to warrant our own version right. of mm-hmm. episode by episode. The process, approach, and personalities are what makes it unique, and I just need to let go of inventing a whole new format. Although we do have the opportunity to invent whole new formats when we get to do things like TFCon. The panels, but, yeah. But uh, anyway, I don't know where. Well, yeah, and and that's, that's actually what I was going to talk about, because like you've... Uh, um, one, during the course of doing the movie analysis, you guys kind of developed your your own voice and your own take. You know, like, uh, you know, as somebody like myself that, that kind of occupies a very crowded space in terms of content creators, it's like, oh, a white <laughs> guy is talking about movies. 
Wow, that's a, that's original. But where I think that our originality comes from, and, I, and I've spoken to other folks about this why I'm trying to like, you know, coach and encourage, is that you're the only you. Mm-hmm. You know, um, yeah, yeah, diversity is great, but if you want to make content, don't let things stand in your way to get that content out there. You know, it's kind of like the the Kevin Smith why not mentality. Mm-hmm. It's like just 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 do it. Uh just uh just put it out into the uh ether there. So I think like um just the the cor- the camaraderie that the three of you guys have as lifelong buddies and as uh you know uh Gen Xers and you know being part of a a specific age group, my specific age group, you know, I, I think there there's a unique take in that that um, is different than some of the other uh, Transformers content that's out there. It does kind of stand on its own, even though you're covering pretty much the same well-trodden ground that a lot of other content creators uh, have as well. But it's it's the unique voice that I that I think makes uh, Autopod Decepticast special. Uh, but uh, but what I wanted to transition to is, uh, uh, Aaron, you had mentioned it earlier. You know, um, you guys have since uh, developed the show and kind of uh, you know kind of like uh, taken it on the road. You've uh, you've done two uh, uh, panels at TFCons, and I, I think and maybe this is uh, leading the witness, but I think both of them have been unique experiences from. Uh, from each other and I was wondering if you guys can talk about one kind of like the 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 taking the podcast from something that you guys were just kind of doing I don't know vanity or just wanting to do something fun with your friends and kind of taking it to where you're kicking and screaming kind of part of the fandom now um you know because like you know you've met folks and interacted with folks and and because uh, I, I remember, Aaron, that was something you had said previously that you were kind of, you know, maybe a little bashful of of interacting with the fandom. And um, I'm just kind of wondering, like, uh, you know, like a year and a half later, how how do you guys feel about how the, the way the show is developed? Well, I will say that whenever I and Aaron really drove the idea of doing a panel at uh, our first one was TFCon Chicago, which was 2018, right? Yeah. We did a panel on Sunday afternoon, and Mike, you were an integral part of that, being our our, our, our MC out in the audience. Uh, and um, we basically kind of took the show, the podcast that we do, and uh, reinvented it into an interactive uh, like panel show where we took components of it, like we do script deviations uh, in the show that is what we see on screen versus what was originally in the script. And then Aaron had a great segment about uh, like. How Daniel is actually much better than everybody thinks he is because everybody hates him in the movie. And then um, <laughs> Ca- Caleb had a section of uh, voice actors where he went out and into the audience and uh, gave him prizes for. And then we did the same thing uh, in uh, not the same thing, but we did uh, another show in um, at TFCon DC where we uh, modified it a little bit and did a little bit of a different version of it and uh, very well received. We did that on a Friday night and that was that was actually super awesome. Yeah. It's it's Friday or nothing. I think. From I think from out. now on, yeah. So so no offense to the Sunday late hanger hangers honors. I love those, and that's how we got to meet Alpha Magnus. Actually. Absolutely. The but the uh, <laughs> who actually wasn't at the show, but he was hanging on to the convention. But the uh, I think our idea for the panels. 
I just love the concept of old school variety shows yes. of like the, the 50s and 60s, Smothers Brothers, even like talk shows like Johnny Carson and Jimmy Fallon. And it was sort of like, how do you turn what we do into that? You have to make it audi- audience interactive. You can't. It'd be pretty. It would probably be pretty tedious to just go up there and review an episode or Ab- yeah. do a review a segment. And so you almost have to distill what we were doing and find the themes, like unique themes that were interesting that nobody ever talked about before. Like Daniel is actually kind of heroic if you think about it, or or at least or tragic maybe yes. <laughs> on how you put it. Or <laughs> two sides or, of the same like, coin. And, but then, like, how do you get the audience really into it and keep them awake? And and that's where the sort of game show elements come into it, and the trivia, and just but and that just reflects how on the show we would try to dig as deep as we could into the voice actors themselves and their prior work or their lives or their struggles or whatever they were interested in. And, and so, uh, yeah, it, it, it's just trying to do something different and challenge yourself creatively to, and then in front the live audience piece of it is, you know, how, how do you make it work? And not that we've made it work, although it feels like I feel like the response was good at both oh, absolutely. of those. I mean, absolutely. I think obviously, the the first time you do it is training wheels, and it could still be training wheels technically. But but uh, I do the response felt good. It felt good in the room doing it. Uh, it definitely was a charge to be up there performing, and the uh, it was the audience was great. <laughs> we did get some negative feedback. You know who you are. <laughs> You know who you are. I'm coming after you. I won't. I don't know who they are. I don't know if the audience knows who they are. <laughs> I don't even know what he's talking about either. Uh, it wasn't negative. It was actually good feedback, but uh, uh, it was about segments that I took a lot oh. of heart in. Oh, the fact that you're lying. I'm just gonna. Call, <laughs> I'm just gonna call him out. Paul. Paul for, <laughs> had uh, had uh, feedback from us. He's he runs a lot of sound at TFCon. Has been our partner and helped us out uh, every time we've been up there to. Well, the two times we've been up there to set up and do this thing. He he's been honestly great. But it was so funny. Right after we came off the show in Washington D.C., uh, got off the stage, f- still feeling that buzz and energy of the audience. He came up, shook my hand. He was like, "Great job up there." Except for that segment about uh, like all those lies you made up about the movie, I wasn't really feeling. There was that. a there was a segment Aaron did Onion style, which was just like fake news about what Hasbro products were. You can go to our 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 YouTube and find that. But like, yeah, that was contentious within the group as well. Was, at least within Ryan, I did have to fight. I did have to fight for that piece. Uh, I still stand by it, honestly. I know everybody, I know you don't like it, and I got that one piece of feedback of people that didn't like it, but uh, but uh, I still stand by it. And uh, But I also uh, accept the feedback how it could have been off-brand because... W- what we, you know, what the segment was was basically making up fake news stories about the upcoming 35th anniversary of Transformers and how uh, the writers were going to put My Little Pony and and uh, and and switch like kind of George Lucas style, change some things like to what they originally envisioned and then re-release it. And uh, you know, <laughs> it was fun to write and fun to execute. Uh, but I, I I totally get the criticism that it's off brand because. What is on brand for us is 
uh, diving into the reality of the movie and finding the interesting, real intricacies of what happened behind the scenes. It's true. I feel like the strength of our both the the movie review and our our episode by episode is that we mm-hmm. dive really deep into research of like what where this all came from, what this all means, who was writing this, who was acting in this, where did these ideas come from, and, like, is this ridiculous? (laughs) That said, it was still fun to just make up fiction. And, uh, (laughs) okay, well, we'll never agree on this, like so many things in life. (laughs) Mike, I don't know if you've had an opportunity to watch the TFCon DC videos. Uh, uh, We've actually gotten not a lot of feedback on that from... uh, both the videos we posted and even mm-hmm. in real life, other than people that saw it and thought it was great because it was fun and entertaining. It was, but uh, have you had the opportunity to watch it? I have. I, I eventually got around to watching them, and uh, uh, that that's a lengthier bit of legislation. I have a harder time with lengthier YouTube videos. Uh, it's like, you give me something in a podcast, I'll listen to it all ding-dong day. You make me watch a video, it's going to be a while before yeah. I get to it. But, yeah. but I mm-hmm. discovered once I got into it, I... Um, uh, you guys did a fantastic job on the editing and production and really kind of adding that variety show element that, Aaron, you were talking about earlier. Um, and it feels very uh, youtube you know, in, in, in that kind of way in that, uh, you know, like, you know, you got, you know, you got graphics and wipes and things like that. So it's, so that's a, that's a lot of fun. And I think that's a, that's a really good way to represent that material, you know, like for, for my own vanity, you know, it's like, I, you know, I, I just want to listen to it, but so much of it is visual and a lot yeah. of that is stuff that you guys yeah. worked really hard like on the on the slideshows and the video clips mm-hmm. and and a few of that i think that that that's really the medium for it regardless of what this particular curmudgeon thinks that yeah. <laughs> that that he wants but it's a so many all of our punch uh, so many of our punchlines were visual yeah and we did and, we do want to release the audio of it but it's like so, i feel like it feels it falls a little flat if you can't see it if we release the we should release the audio probably as like bonus material yeah. but have a disclaimer up front that's like you're not going to get some if of you want to get the experience go to youtube and and we should we've got it in clips on youtube we should just release the whole thing as well i was basically oh yeah I, we cut it up into clips knowing that it's overwhelming to see an a, hour an hour plus video yeah. out there and so that's why we cut it into clips and but then there's those people that don't mind the long form or have the time for the long form. Yeah. so we'll, we'll probably put that out there but uh, visual is the best way to experience it and we've already got ideas for what we want to do new next one. year yep. and and what and we all and also uh there's there's a lot of audience interaction, but because it's not like we have a team, uh, a Logan Paul style team of people to be able to go out and know. like Why get on. That's where you go I just, with that. Well, I just Why mean, would you even? I just mean it's, we're not we're, we're not YouTubers that are successful or have a budget. But in the perfect world, I mean, we have a vision for what we'd like to see, and 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 because the audience is important, and and we interact with the audience, and the game sh- the game trivia element has yeah. been so important. But yet in our visual, we don't actually have any visuals of the audience. But I think we yeah, figured we need out. To do that next I time. think we figured out logistically on a low budget how we could. 
get back in there. And actually, part of it uh, does include Paul and Evan and the TFCon staff mm-hmm. because I, they're all, they're all willing to help. The TFCon yeah, they're staff so great. Has been uh, and the hotel staff for that uh, at the places we've been have all been willing to jump in and uh, help make something cool. They all want to make something cool. They are not just there. Half-ass. They've got passion for Transformers, passion for the conference, yeah. and they've been nothing but amazing. And regardless of like whether we do, uh, we want to do more panels. But regardless, like we will definitely be at more TF cons. So you know, uh, we we love coming out and seeing everybody. Awesome. So uh, one one of the things I mentioned earlier is being kind of like. Uh, bashfully part of the fandom and uh i'm just kind of wondering like a year later uh what's a what's your take on the fandom now because like when the first time i had you guys on the show everything was like very arm's length um and and i know at this point you've uh um you've all since connected with other content creators and Mm -hmm. and have had a had a real good go of it so yeah i was just kind of wondering what uh what that experience has been like you go first it has been really interesting of um just uh, in terms of like the people who follow us and our audience and stuff and like people that we've been ever able to interact with especially since we've been going to cons um just it's it's kind of been across the board of like a lot of people we're in our 40s white males uh so there's there that's a a, a huge section of our audience but then we've also been connecting with a lot of like um 20 something females and a lot of cosplayers in that in that area and that has been really fascinating um to see that side of it where i i i I didn't i never had that perspective of like what they're you know uh, somebody who didn't grow up with g1 but is still interested in it but or interested in transformers at all Mm -hmm. and so it's been and and is not a a 40 year old dude exactly 40 year old white dude (laughs) yeah yeah like it's been i've loved that that i love more than anything is just encountering people that i um maybe you know well didn't have exposure to that have the same interests that I do that that's what I really like about the uh, our reach Ag- agree a hundred percent and the opportunity to connect with other content creators that uh, respect their work and and uh, and just get to know them as people and not on mic personalities that said i i still have certain <laughs> fears it's it's all self-conscious bullshit but you know i spend a little bit of time mostly as a lurker on boards like tfw because uh you know i'm a third party collector and uh that's a good place to find news or find out what people are saying and and people on there can be harsh and not just harsh <laughs> like i guess i'm not i'm not i'm not uh, against like I can I can brush a lot of shit off, especially if yeah. I feel like it's coming from a place of ignorance. But I'm still a sensitive person. Sure. That uh, and as a creator that's putting stuff out there, you have you have to develop a thick skin. L- we haven't had too many, if any, really at Not all. Not really much like, at all. Harsh things said about us and and anything that is harsh that was said about us i might agree with but uh, like i think i think we have good uh, emotional uh iqs mm-hmm. but that said uh, you know i would be scared to see like some people just like you there's you see i see other content creators bashed relentlessly on these boards or even like just third-party companies that these are creative people putting their energy into creating yeah. products and all that and just bash relentlessly and 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 
I mean, it, do whatever you want to do. You can say whatever you want to say, and it's up to me to and or who well, whoever the listener is to feel away and process that the way they want to about it. But I I, th- I don't like that toxicity. Yeah. And I guess I feel empowered enough to say that and not really care if anybody has something to say about that at this point. I don't maybe so maybe it's not an arm's length thing, but I still don't I don't feel like I'm fully immersed in the fandom as much as I would like to be mm-hmm. because. There is that random toxicity from people you don't know, keyboard warriors and such. They that are you know kind of pieces of shit, and yeah. often and most of the time coming from a place of ignorance. Yeah. Um. And and it is what it is, and it probably exists. It exists across all fandoms. I'm I'm sure. Sure. I would say that Transformers, uh, as a person that doesn't really participate in other fandoms, it does feel pretty inclusive though overall. And overall, overall very. I positive. think you're right. I think you're right. Again, same. I don't participate in a lot of other, but like just being on Twitter and in general, I feel like Transformers is pretty good. I, mm-hmm. I you know, there's some bad stuff, but like yeah. it's generally pretty inclusive. Yeah. I think Transformers doesn't have the like the the comic the, the, as much of the like comic gate style sheen of uh, random. Uh, not to get too much into politics sure. or things like that, but ra- random like. Uh, I don't know. I need to find better words. No, I, I hear what you're saying. There, there, but white, 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 like I'm white, and I'm and I uh, feel like I, I'm put down by society because Captain Marvel's a woman. Or that whatever. kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. That's not Aaron saying that. <laughs> <laughs> that is him making fun of someone saying Mike, that. Mike, take me out of context and, and put that out yeah, there, please. Uh, I'll, um, I'll totally do that. But no, I, I think I think you guys are, are totally right about that. And I think the, the reason for that, I, I think some of it, is that because Transformers fandom is smaller than, say, like, Star Wars fandom. You know, you, sure. you don't have... And it's also evolved over time so much. Like, you have so many iterations of Transformers. There's so many entry points. Yes. I don't know if there's another type of nerd property that has as many entry points. I, Mike, you tell me. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think, like, see... I cannot get into Star Wars fandom now. Like I, I, uh, we don't have time for that kind of legislation because, like, I think I think folks would argue that Star Wars has some of that, and it does. Mm-hmm. But one thing, the thing that I've discovered about Transformers fandom is that, as you said, Aaron, there there are so many entry points, and there are relatively few gatekeepers. I mean, there are, and most mm-hmm. of them look like us. Um, so, Mm -hmm. I mean, and that's something that we can't deny. And, you know, you might have some chuds out there, you know, uh, talking about, oh man, this is their libtard SJW agenda, you know, like with, with regards to some of the (laughs) fiction and stuff, but that, that's a, an even more vocal minority than say like, uh, those same actors in other fandoms, you know, there, there Mm. really isn't like, um, uh, uh, as much of a platform and as much of a voice for folks, because like um, you know, one one of my favorite things to say about my interactions with Transformers fandom, and you guys touched on it, my very my very favorite thing is interacting with folks that are nothing like me, and that mm-hmm. and that's an experience I haven't had 
in other fandoms. You know, like a lot of my friends that are into Star Wars look exactly like me. You know, I so I haven't had that connection of like, oh, well, this is, uh, you know, this is a... Uh, a trans person or uh, somebody that uh, mm-hmm. um, identifies as queer or, you know, uh, or is just, yeah, just just different in any other way that you can think of. I've met so many different folks that don't look like me. And that that's, that's the thing that's really kind of opened my eyes uh, specifically over like the last two years, uh, you know, like right about the time that I've been acquainted with you guys. Because really, and I don't know if I, I, I've said this specifically here, but I think it's part of my interaction and friendship with you guys that has really kind of dragged me into Transformers fandom. I've always been a fan of Transformers the movie. That's, that's my shit. That's my flame. And, but it was interacting with you, like, like before interacting with the Autopod Decepticast, I had no idea what the hell a third party toy was. And <laughs> and now I can speak to Welcome some- Welcome to the world, Mike. I, I still don't, I still don't own any third party toys, but I at least know but what you they- you follow it, I bet. I <laughs> bet you know what's going on. Yeah. I, I mean, bet you know what's happening. I, I can speak to some things with some level of fluency, a fluency I didn't have a couple years ago. Um, and, and even like some of the other- uh, uh, arms of the fiction you know it's like i i passed on pretty much everything i didn't watch animated i didn't watch prime so you know there there's like this whole you know other thing that i've i've really been kind of closed off to and you know i talked to some of those folks that are you know generally younger they're like dude you gotta watch transformers animated because it fucking Mm -hmm. rules and i i haven't i haven't gotten into much of it but what i have seen indeed rules and um and cyberverse has been really good also i've been watching like season two of that and it it reminds me a lot of g1 it's probably the in animation the thing that's reminded me most of g1 since g1 yeah just to build on the commentary of inclusiveness and how it um and how it uh is maybe unique to this fandom or how it's just interesting in this fandom. You have to pull away from the boards because the boards are probably so impersonal that it's not even uh, that, you know, anybody can get on there and do that thing. When you meet people in real life, that's how you Mm -hmm. actually get to know them and, and, and understand their motivations and their passion for it. And, um, and yeah, man, to you again, to your point, it blows me away. Then uh, like the diversity of people mm-hmm. that are into the brand and there's no, and it goes both ways. It's not just about the crusty old G ers getting sure. along with the, those, those, those Gen Zers yeah, yeah. or those, or those oh, f- f- females. <laughs> it, it's about, uh, it's about, uh, it goes both ways. Like yeah. nobody's okay. Boomer us in any of these. Like, mm. and in fact, it's amazing the amount of like really young people well, <laughs> or young females that, that, are love g1 and maybe they love it because of the campiness maybe they love it because they know it's an extension of the real thing they love that's idw or whatever or or it's because they love dressing up like robots but but nobody's just like treated us like we're just these old dumbasses that have our thing that we like even though i'm not into really any of those other versions of transformers other than idw but so everybody's inclusive of everybody not just the, the and old that's the whole nice thing about i cannot recommend enough if you can possibly get to a convention a tf con especially it's quite like i 
the first one I went to, which was in Chicago, uh, it's quite amazing. Like it's mm-hmm. like just meeting people. Everybody's so nice, and like just get be, being able to talk to people is so amazing. It's really is a transformative, <laughs> not a pun, <laughs> experience. I really enjoy it. I don't know if this is an appropriate metaphor, mm. but I've been seeing interviews with a man named Daryl Davis who is an African-American uh, blues and rock musician who's responsible for um, turning several uh, ex-racists clan members I've into people who uh, mm. just aren't anymore, aren't as such. And the bond, one of his entry points has always been music for him. Like it's been, <clears throat> it's been uh, you know, the people ignorant people that are like you play just like jerry lee lewis the king it's like well (laughs) i don't think you understand the history of rock and roll but (laughs) but 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 they respected him through his music and his talent and through that he was able to, to to leverage um their misconceptions about african americans or whatever and turn them into allies and I think that's the cool thing about something like Transformers and as inclusive as it is. I'm sure that the entry point, we all come into it from various perspectives with various biases and our own thing in, that comes into it, but we're all connected into this love for this thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so even, even if we disagree politically or have whatever it is, when we're there, you're there at that event, you have the ability to connect and have the ability I've had conversations that were uncomfortable that had nothing to do with Transformers at Transformer events Mm -hmm. that were fun, great conversations, and you don't have to hate each other because you still love Transformers. And I'm sure that applies across the board, but I don't know where I'm going with this. No, that's a great point. It's it's fun to find those connections with people that you have no connection with and might even have violent disagreements with, but you can find a platform to conversation. (laughs) Ryan and I had some fun conversations (laughs) on DFCon DC, but that's another podcast. Oh, man. Oh, man. Well, I I guess to kind of close off this arm of things, um, and it's Mm -hmm. a question that I asked all of the independent uh, fan creators that I interviewed while I was in TFCon Toronto. We talked a a bit about this uh, during our uh, uh, Heavy Metal War episode. Um, anyway, yeah. I, I'm just, I love it. Don't stop ever doing. All this. right. Well, anyway, so I, I wanted to ask you guys what what about this fandom lends itself to that? Why I just I I I, I guess because I I feel like I've gotten a couple different answers, and I'm just kind of wondering where where a trio of uh, of uh, crunchy Gen Xers like ourselves, you know, why I mean. I, I don't know. Are like we excited to share the fandom, or just I just I don't. I, I've I've sometimes had a hard time putting my finger on it. You have to be excited to share the fandom because it's what keeps it alive. Yeah, yeah. It's hard for me to say because I, honestly, and I'm a very um, introverted person. So having anything in common with another human being that I automatically know we can talk about mm-hmm. is helpful. Um, so just. I guess from that perspective, um, I don't know. Uh, just knowing that you have this platform where you automatically have a, a springboard to be able to relate to another person, yeah, uh, yeah. is comforting. Mm-hmm. I guess. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. I, the I'm trying to think. Like the crux of your question 
is about sharing the fandom and about the the differences between different elements mm-hmm. of the fandom, right? Well, and, it, it's kind of uh, like what? Why Transformers? You know, why? 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 What oh, is? Yes. What is it about Transformers specifically, like as an IP, that makes it conducive yeah. Yeah. to? It's so philosophical. Um, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. And, and I bet you don't. I'm, I, I'm guessing you don't have that with GI Joe. I'm, I don't know if Maybe. you have that. I think you do have that with Star Wars. I mean. Well, maybe it's that you can put whatever you want onto them because they are robots. They're inherently non-human. You can imprint whatever you'd like upon them because they're aliens. They're non-human. You can kind of in your mind make them whatever you want them to be. Yeah, it's true. And I think probably all things become more like that over time to an extent because the people that were the fans become the creators right? Yeah. and the creators have grown up as, as culture has progressed and times have changed, but, but it, and, and so maybe I'm not connected to a lot of other IPs. Yeah. So I don't know if it, if it, if it is that unique to transformers, I think it is. I think it is only because I hear about all the toxicity in other fandoms Yeah. and maybe it that toxicity probably does exist in to an extent I'm I know sure. it does. I, but maybe it's just more low key because Transformers isn't the biggest IP in the world but um I don't know man I think like to see uh the the LGBTQ and uh, uh, particularly the trans community yeah. mm-hmm. uh embrace Transformers absolutely it it, it is it, it, I, I I really feel like that's probably something unique mm mm-hmm. mhm and special. And I love great. it. That that's again like like I said that that exposure to that um that perspective of the, the, why they love this fandom like I that is amazing to me. I and love I seeing that. I don't I'm sh- I don't know how I I don't know what the depth is. I don't know how to, I don't know what the connection is as somebody that's not ne- directly connected to that community. Mm-hmm. But is it stupid to assume it's as on the nose as the idea of transformation? I don't know. I don't know if that's too surface level to be meaningful, but, but, uh, the ability to control, uh, who you are, what you are, or change what you are. Hmm. Listen, we're not the people to ask that. I'm a, I'm a marketer, which means (laughs) I'm an amateur psychologist. (laughs) So I I have, which basically all means I don't know what I'm talking about, Gotcha. but it, it, Whatever it is, it's really cool to see, and I it's I think it's kept the, the 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 brand and the fandom alive in an exciting way. That's awesome. Well, I mean, on that one, uh, one of uh, uh, a meme that made always makes me smile whenever it comes up. It's like they ain't called cisformers. So, <laughs> and I, I, I think good. I think that kind of says it more explicitly <clears throat> than anything else. Um, all right. Well, you know, we we talked a lot about you know like uh, connecting with fans that are you know in a different age group than than us. And I thought uh, mm-hmm. a, a fun exercise um, as we close out here. I found uh, it's not a new list, but I found on Tumblr a uh, Transformers fandom uh, ask list. Um, I ran 
ran through this myself uh, back in July. Um, I don't remember the episode number, but it was uh, while I was on vacation. Um, uh, I remember it. It was fun. I can't wait. I'm I'm looking. So yeah. To so we, so we're it. We're we're gonna go rapid fire through these because uh, I think a lot of these we've already kind of touched on. Uh, but um, I I know for me at least I think maybe some of these answers may have uh, uh, shifted um, a bit, but and have been kind of informed by new experiences. So let's uh, let's kind of race through these and see how uh, how far we get and how much we can go through uh starting at the top when did you join the fandom 84 um i don't even know if it was 84 i think it may have been i think it, it, it was probably 85 i think season two for me 80, really i i don't remember i was in from the very i remember those commercials i remember the comic book commercials Ooh. where the megatron is like looks a little has the different colored helmet and uh, anyway all right. oh wow I'm, I'm in i'm in from the get-go wow nice. all right mm-hmm. very cool um uh, what was your first experience with Transformers? Um, this is Ryan. I feel like it was def. I mean, definitely uh, the car, maybe even the the toys before the cartoon. But the, the my first memories of Transformers is actually trading Transformer drawings with Aaron. Mm. Oh wow, that is a really that's an iconic moment mm-hmm. for our life for sure. My <laughs> first actual memories of interacting with the brand i remember being in my dark living room on saturday mornings uh in in utah in the outskirts of of salt lake city utah watching those cartoons but i remember moving to missouri ultimately and connecting with ryan yeah that was a great that that was a connection i mean that built our friendship yep pretty much that is weird I mean, we always talk about how it's a podcast about friendship, but I've never really distilled it to the idea that Transformers themselves are responsible for our I friendship. Think, I think that's because true. Because I saw your drawings. I was in, loved your drawings. I was a little bit of a drawer myself, certainly not as talented, but, <laughs> but uh, they, uh, yeah. Wow. Fuck. Yeah. Mind blown. <laughs> I love it. Uh, we'll, uh, let's move on. Uh, what was the first show you watched? Uh, first episode. I think I, I'll just because I was there from the beginning. I had I think I saw all the more than meets the eyes one two and three. I, I was there. I do remember seeing that specifically. Yes, more than meets the eye. But I doubt that I saw it when it was first broadcast. Gotcha. I think I I think I was there. Hmm. Yeah, I I talked about a similar Mandela effect memory on on my episode because <laughs> I I seem to remember watching it on my birthday at the same birthday where I got Soundwave and I seem to remember it being on the TV at, at, at the time. But again, maybe I'm commingling uh, memories there. <laughs> but Nobody can prove us right or wrong. Right? So <laughs> we'll never know. Through As we continue to walk through the web of remembrance, uh, what was... Uh, uh, what was what, oh, yeah, the veil of... What, the veil of recollection. G.I. Joe the movie. Oh. <laughs> That's stupid. Oh, G.I. Joe the movie sucks. Uh, what, I love it, though. I love what, it. what was your first Transformers figure? I feel like um, I had Optimus Prime, which, again, was most of my... Uh, aside from, uh, like, birthday and Christmas, most of my toys were from garage sales and i had optimus prime no fists no rifle no trailer (laughs) just the guy my optimus prime was my second transformer by furry my my very first was blue streak oh blue streak yeah that's right that was my only one i had a couple like stray hobo robot or gobots that showed up in the mix between then but then the next christmas an optimus prime showed up and i'm blown and then my sister broke his leg 
And then you three broke weeks her leg. after I got it. <laughs> That's how it works in our family. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, who, which faction do you pledge your allegiance to? The Autobots or the Decepticons, and why? I mean, as we've gone through these, uh, we're done with season one. We just started season two. If you're going to go with the winners, I got to go with the Decepticons because the Autobots are bumbling fools. <laughs> They're so bad. They t- they They're do. not good at anything. They're all reactionary. They're never proactive. I just, I cannot. <laughs> the, How about you, Aaron? I feel like an Autobot at heart. Well, sure. But, <laughs> but I love Decepticons. I, all the Decepticon characters are better. Yeah. They're very Megatron, sexy. Starscream, Soundwave. They have the better characters mm-hmm. and uh, they're more fun. They are that nerd rumble <laughs> so i guess decepticon you know also just the iconography you know the 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 decepticon sigil and all all of their architecture yeah. um because like when i first ran through this i said autobots because you know because they're the heroes of the thing but i think because of listening to your show it's kind of turned me <laughs> on it and then i realized it's like wait a sec uh my favorite is Soundwave. my next favorite is devastator and the constructicons yeah i i probably bleed uh, Decepticon purple and wasn't afraid uh, wasn't wasn't uh, ready to admit it at that point um so that that being said let's break down the factions a little more who is your favorite Autobot I like Prowl honestly uh, and and maybe it's because I had role for it on the uh family home video or family home entertainment FHE video yeah, tape uh but also i just like his like he the even the the further advancement of his uh character as like a logistician and tactician mm. um he's just i i identify with him greatly yeah he he gets a very complex in idw as well uh somebody who doesn't get the love in idw that i loved as a kid in g1 was blaster i blaster knew you were gonna say blaster <laughs> i had him as the toy i he, he i i played with him all the time mm-hmm. it was one of the most he has a, he has some great arcs in the original marvel run oh yeah that's true he does yeah speaking of scrounge whole anti-grimlock <laughs> faction. Yep. yeah yep. no kidding uh yeah he got his due in marvel but but yeah i'll go with blaster that's a fine all Autobot right, cool. choice uh, and how about the other side? Favorite Decepticon? Oh, uh, <laughs> I know that Caleb would say Shockwave, so we'll go ahead and enter that for him. Yeah. Um, hmm. Aaron, what do you think? Well, I've said it before uh, that Galvatron holds uh, a special place in my heart. Megatron and Galvatron are both so amazing, but Galvatron is just that up to 11 version. All Honestly, all the de- design-wise, yeah. when... Those the the characters that were birthed from Unicron, pretty are, sexy, like, are all so cool looking, and it's hard to get away from them. I, I like them better than any of the designs of the <clears throat> other uh, Decepticons from season one and two. Honestly, just visually, they're so cool. But I'm gonna have, go. I'm gonna go Galvatron. All right, I'm gonna have to go Starscream just because yeah. he's so much fun. They're both extra characters. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> they're so beyond the, the over the top. Like, yeah, yeah, yep. Yeah. Uh, so, if you were a Transformer, what would your alt mode be? <laughs> Ooh. I know this is what the kids are talking about. We haven't even gotten to the robot fucking yet. Well, so I can't say a, a dildo. <laughs> <laughs> There'll be a lot more of that. That's that's <laughs> disgusting. How about you, Aaron? <laughs> I, 
I don't know if I have the creativity to answer this question. I'm looking around at potential alt modes that already exist. And then trying to come up with an alt mode that's never exist. Obviously, the best one I think is like like in answering that seriously. A jet would be the best. Sure, I think. But <laughs> getting able, being able to fly yeah. certainly. Um, uh, I would transform into the alt mode of somebody that can actually organize and control and produce quality outputs <laughs> <laughs> from an audio podcast <laughs> perspective, from a life perspective. <laughs> so you want to transform into Mike Cyber? Got it. <laughs> oh, woo! <laughs> hey guys, <laughs> close. Oh man, really missing Caleb on this one. Um, all right, mm-hmm. so let's so let's let's turn a corner into controversy uh, because this is Ooh. this is one of the most polarizing uh, questions in Transformers fandom. Rumble is red, frenzy is blue, or Rumble is blue, frenzy is red. Discuss. <clears throat> um, I I mean I just. I have to go with a G1 convention of Rumble is Blue. Just it's a cartoon convention. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yes, the cartoon convention. Um just it's just simpler for me and I that's all I knew as a kid and so it's I can't I can't switch. At this point I can't change tracks. <laughs> Neither character is significant enough for it to matter. So in any media that I'm reading <laughs> in, however they present it, I can accept it. I don't care. Oh. In general, I will go with what Ryan said that Rumble is blue, but I don't care how it's presented. Wow! Way. I don't. Ha- I'm not passionate about it. Oh, I'm not going to burn down a building because it's not <laughs> but... like. Well, I know, but I mean, but people are passionate about it, and I'll take it either way because it's not like they're they're basically the same per- thing. They're not distinguishable. It's almost like they're miscolored all the time <laughs> because they're exactly the same. <laughs> Not nearly as controversial as I thought, but uh, but there we are. Let's, uh, let's move on. Uh, More controversial. Who is Cyclonus? Oh, God. <laughs> Stop. That, that, on, that might be in here. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, um, uh, favorite Transformers show, game, comic. So I, I don't, you can take this question however you want to take, because I don't know if it's asking what's your favorite show, what's your favorite game, what's your favorite comic, or if it's asking either or, either or, or either or. But the way the question is phrased, written, favorite Transformers show slash game slash comic question mark. Piece of Transformers media. <clears throat> oh, I think it's asking dot dot, like which, oh, which, right. which. Like, okay. for, I'm going to take it that okay. way. So obviously G1 cartoon is my favorite. I did, I did love the Marvel Beast. comic. I, I did love uh, Beast Wars, though. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and then, yeah, the original run of the Marvel comic. And then I'm going to go with uh, The Mystery of Convoy <laughs> for my favorite game. <laughs> because not to play, but to watch people play. <laughs> because is it is fun. crazy frustrating to play. <laughs> we have tried to play it. Yep. We, there, that could be a little bit of content, uh, mm-hmm. us p- trying to play that, that stupid uh, ass for, game. For listeners who don't know, that is the Famicom... Uh, Transformers game that came out in the 80s and it is almost unplayable. It is so difficult. They, I think they know. Okay, probably. <laughs> but but you're right, though. It is unplayable and I, that would be some... I don't think... Have you made it past stage one? Uh, no. <laughs> I don't think I have. <laughs> Maybe once. Uh, the... Yeah, the G, I would say the G1 movie is the pinnacle of all G1 Transformers cartoon media, yeah. so... 
I'll just pinpoint on that as the, at least from a video standpoint, those fucking Fall of Cybertron games were really fun. I liked them better than the Devastation game, even though the Devastation game did give you the G1 feels mm-hmm. uh, visually. And that I, I, I'm still making my way through the original IDW comic that ran for 10 years, and I haven't started on the new, like the reboot that they've done. But it hit, like, they did such an amazing job. And it started off kind of, I don't want to say boilerplate. And I think Simon Furman was in this kickoff. Oh, right, yeah. Mike? For the first three primary arcs, um, that that was all him, you know, the infiltration, infestation, and devastation. That that's all that's all Simon Furman. And you go back and try to read some of that stuff, and it's like I don't know, man. It's weird. It's like I've retroactively kind of soured on Simon Furman's work. I it's it's been like a bell curve for me. Like you know, discovering it later and then being super into it, mm-hmm. and then being like, wait a minute, this really isn't that great. Ugh, so, right. mm. well, I would say. It was, I'd say it was above, for the IDW part of it, it was above adequate. I felt like it was a level above the Marvel Comics sure. work in, in terms of storytelling and character development. But it really isn't until that All Hail Megatron arc and the. That and, was pretty and, great. And, and when it starts started deviating into the two separate series, that like emotion got into mm-hmm. it and care, like a, a higher level of character development that, again, I don't read comics. So. It like I don't know what to compare mm-hmm. it to, but other than what came before, and it's obvious that the like the it was it's leveled up so much from the Marvel storytelling, which is very campy in a lot of senses, and mm-hmm. even though it's less campy than the cartoon and more developed than the cartoon, it's exponentially beyond that. That IDW series is hard to be. I can't wait to finish it and get it done just because it's been so long to do it. And I'm having a hard time. It's getting a little overblown in some senses with the Optimus Prime series and boring. I hate to say those words and be offensive to the creators of that series because there's still, even within those series, a lot of great nuggets. I love the way they introduced the Junkions into the Optimus Prime series. But Anyway, without dragging on for too long, uh, that IDW series is a great piece of media. Awesome. Uh, what's your favorite Transformers figure? Third party and uh, mainline or uh, Well, official? since we're talking to you, I'll allow it. Um, I, I will be shitty, though, and say those aren't actually Transformers. So, but, but. <laughs> I'll, uh, while Aaron looks. Thanks, thanks Anthony. <laughs> while Aaron looks at his it's shelf, true, I will though. say, I'm just going to go. S- <laughs> I'm going to go simple and remember, like, what the characters I enjoyed the most as a kid. And um, I'm G one sideswipe was really fun. Like I really enjoyed him and also Astro train. Like I really liked those two characters. Maybe Astro train particularly because it turned into a really cool space shuttle. And I like space. We're talking toys. Yeah. You uh, Ryan, you buy that, uh, that Walmart reissue. I have not. It's apparently only $40 and not 50. Like I thought. I thought that was a ripoff at fifty. <laughs> That's what I've heard from some from some text chains. If you wait uh, three months, you might be able to get it for twenty five. Oh shit! It's so yeah. weird. Like like the WalMarts <sighs> here in the Pacific Northwest, that shit never goes on clearance. Because I remember like our buddy Michael really? Andrews got like a hot rod for like seven bucks. Here, the yeah. it flies off the shelves and you never see it. It's like I so every transformer reissue i've gotten i've gotten it like in the middle of the night coming home from work i'm like <laughs> oh there's a star scream i'm buying that oh there's a devastator i'm buying that 
I think that Hot Rod reissue had the unfortunate circumstance. I think that was the first one put out or in that first wave of things put out. And I think they were overproduced to a degree. I don't think they, I don't think they had a better, a great sense of demand. And so I think there's probably, probably more of the cheap version cheapos of that out than, uh, that like the sound waves, although those did go on clearance as well as I understand. But, um, okay. To answer the question though, G one style, one of the, characters that i remember having the most fun with was the g1 skylink it was like and that's one of those that was kind of i think it was licensed outside i don't think it was hasbro takara i Mm. can't remember exactly but that was such a fun figure but in terms of the modern day collecting a figure that i cannot take my eyes off that came out in the last year is that fans toys cyclonus uh I, it is such a beautiful figure mm-hmm. and looks so great and is so poseable and beautiful. But um, that's where I am with that. All of these stupid thing at right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm wasting so much goddamn money. Gotcha. Um, I, I think we I think we unpacked all that. Uh, uh, let's see. <laughs> Are you sure that's not all the questions, Mike? Let's, we must do all well, the that, questions. That's what I'm doing. I'm hunting and pecking. I'm like, uh, how many Transformers <laughs> figures do you have? I don't have time for Aaron to count them. Uh, Ryan, how many Transformers <laughs> figures do you have? Um, I have probably and uh, ooh. Uh, I have gotten some of the new ones, and Aaron gave me one, uh, the, uh, one of the Masterpiece Optimus Primes for Christmas last year, I think. Oh. Um, but I probably have, and I do have the Hot Rod reissue, um, I probably have between the old ones from, my, from childhood and now 12. Oh, wow. That's significantly more than I expected. That's, <laughs> that's awesome. All right. So here, here's actually a really good question I want to make sure and ask before, uh, uh, before I plow through some of these and we part ways. Uh, favorite Transformers memory? I think trading those drawings as a kid is a pretty strong memory. It's true. I have specific memories of like, um, you know, Aaron and I traded Transformers drawings and like there was, I've told this story before, I think, but uh, we traded a couple times and then all of a sudden, like the, maybe the third or fourth trade, the quality in, in, in drawing took a real uptick. <laughs> And I realized that he just traced it out of a coloring book. <laughs> uh, probably have a Steve Ditko drawing. You fucking tracer! Your mother's a tracer! It was it was like it was like Optimus Prime from behind firing at Megatron, and I'm like, that's a really crazy. <laughs> I don't remember how you discovered my treachery. I think you admitted it almost immediately. Oh really? <laughs> Maybe I felt bad about it. I didn't want to rep- misrepresent sure. myself. Just say it. You're a tracer. Uh but that yeah it, i don't know how many people have had that experience in life i it, it was a really weird thing we didn't know each other we were in a class together i i think i either saw that you were drawing a drawing and uh, and it had transformers on it and there was a little battle scene i remember bumblebee being on it and, <laughs> and in fact i think i remember before i knew you were into transformers i felt a weird rivalry with you yeah because uh and this is a rivalry we're talking about second grade yeah <laughs> but i remember we had con- we were doing a report on trees and we had oh my con- God. we had we had conflicting uh information and research about the, the cambria of the tree <laughs> anyway so I remember feeling a rivalry and then seeing that he was drawing Transformers and I was so into Transformers brought it up and I don't know how we got started trading, but, and I wish I still had him. I, I let him go somehow or another, but we at one point had a, a stack 
probably a foot high of just transformer drawing. We would draw and give them to each other, draw and mm-hmm. give them to each other. It's weird that we didn't have the inclination to draw and to, keep them. The inclination yeah. was to draw and give them it, to each it other. Was, it's yeah, it's, it was an exchange in a strange way. Yeah, I don't, huh. know. I don't know. And and all of that is lost to history. Yep. Or most of it. A, a good 80% I have a of few, it. I have like two or three drawings from that time period. Oh, my God. But anyway... Uh, so uh, let's see. Um, so we we've heard announcements of like apparently there's going to be more movies and things may or may not be a, a reboot. But the way that the question is phrased, who do you hope appears in the next Transformers show? So you you can use that to proselytize about what you want to see potentially from the movies or really just just what do you want to see? I'd, like television show? That's the way the question is phrased, but I, I wrapped it within like the recent news that there there are going to be two new movies. There's there's rumors that one of them will be Beast Wars. Yeah. One of them might be a sequel to Bumblebee. Maybe it's a standalone Optimus Prime movie. Maybe it's something else entirely. We don't really know. But uh, I guess really briefly... Um, forget the phrasing of the question. What what do you want to see mm-hmm. in in terms of like uh, new Transformers media? Uh, I mean, leaving aside any of the Michael Bay movies, I want to see the Dinobots. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I love the Dinobots. <laughs> yeah, so just jam not as main there. characters, but like ancillary. I just love them so much. <laughs> Mike, you might know more than me, but on the on the on the media that is currently out, that's regularly produced the. Is Grimlock really the only Dinobot that has a presence? Um, uh, I mean, the other Dinobots were there in the comics. Um, I, I think, I think Grimlock. I'm talking about the. I'm talking about the like the uh, the current television. Oh, in Cyberverse, the, yeah. The, I, I think it's just Grimlock yeah. for now. Yeah, I don't think the other Dinobots, which have shown is up part yet. of the. Which is Cyberverse part of the aligned continuity continuity that includes Prime and the video games? Maybe. I don't know. I, I got to uh, go watch me some Chris McFeely videos, get caught up on Transformers, the basics. Oh, well. I don't I don't know where uh, Cyberverse fits in, if it fits in. I think what I would love, and I know it would never have two things. I do think the concept that our friends Greg and Yoshi do from Transformers reanimated around trying to um, fill story gaps between season two and the movie. I think I think that's an exciting idea. Mm-hmm. And I love the fact that they're producing fiction that supports that mm-hmm. and to see official fiction or fiction of theirs that were to become official uh, canon wise w- is really cool. I, I think that is a, an exciting idea to take that gap of time and, and uh, exploit it for, for storytelling. I also think I just think of the work that's been done for shows like Voltron and Castlevania on Netflix that where they've really put some real adult storytelling into those those child series and very high quality hand drawn animation, not just jumped onto low budget or medium budget computer animation. Something like that is something I would love to see. I don't know if I'll see it or not. I wasn't a big fan of the what is it, Machinima or I don't know what oh, it was. Yeah, Those that's three garbage. series they put out in the last year. Um were were not well produced despite the best intentions. I, I appreciate the intentions. It wasn't high quality. And I don't know if that same production group is behind what isn't there a Netflix thing that's supposed to be coming out that's the same production group? I don't know. I, I don't think it's Machinima. I think uh, I, I know the folks from Rooster Teeth are involved, but I don't know what the actual animation production company is off the top of my head. I'll, I'll look into that later. But it's supposed to be connected to the current toy line and like the 
right? Oh, yeah. Is like the the siege series. Yeah, because it, it, it's war for Cybertron. Okay, got it. So so it's it's connected to siege and now Earthrise, and it's branded as War for Cybertron trilogy. So I would imagine that we're going to get like a siege series. Or like an Earthrise series, or I I don't know how that's going to work. Then honestly. I guess we'll just hope that that is uh, connected to quality storytelling. That you know, I love paying. You don't have to pay homage to the to the old school, although that's what they're doing no. in that toy line. So they are going to be paying homage to the old school, but just don't make it corny. That other stuff was just corny as shit, and it it, it made it unbearable. And some of the voice acting, God bless them, was unbearable. And yeah. I don't know if that's their fault or some of the production people's fault. It was very difficult to enjoy. Other than the, the nostalgia and some of the visual of the characters made it, that was the entry point. But it mm-hmm. was lost once you actually got into the quality of the storytelling and production. Yeah. Uh, Ryan, did you want to weigh in on that before we move on? He's like, I don't even know this existed. <laughs> oh, wait a sec. You you know what? I'm sorry. You had your turn. You mentioned I Dinobots. I did. I, we, we got so I, I got should have so just said Dinobots field. instead of insulting people's work. <laughs> I I totally forgot. All right. Well, let's. Uh, so the the uh, last bit of uh, questioning I want to ask. It's um, I I approached this very differently in my episode because I didn't know any better. But I want to talk about pairings, and specifically. <laughs> Questions about robot banging, because I think that's what these questions are supposed to be about. What okay. is your favorite Transformers pairing? <laughs> and uh, and the flip side of that, what is your least Transformers pairing? Uh, yeah, least favorite Transformers pairing and most favorite Transformers pairing. Don't let my uh, robot chicken uh, uh, robot uh, washing banging machine, the washing machine. distract you too much. Yeah. But yet I'll do all it right. again. Yep. <laughs> I got like three different cuts. I want to make sure I use them all. <laughs> so, uh, I'll go all ahead right. and just say this: the pairing of Link Skylinks and Bird Skylinks. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That was a cop out. Do they fuck? Because <laughs> uh, if they don't fuck, I don't care. Oh, the, this is about fuck. You can't answer like I love Rumble and Frenzy. There's Super Bro or Sideswipe and Sunstreaker. Exactly. That's what I thought. And I'm like, oh, oh no, that's that's not what that's not what Tumblr is all about. That's not what the fandom is all about. It's it's. Um, I can't remember if it is okay in the was the last episode we did. Uh, no, it was two episodes ago where uh, Megatron comes back after being exploded in the uh in the ship full of energon yeah um there's the part where rumble jumps on thundercracker or skywarp's face <laughs> i can't remember which one it is yeah i think it's thundercracker oh that, that that's what i that's what i'm into <laughs> very good see ryan so gets he's it. basically getting ryan understands grinding grinding his face or grinding his crotch on thundercracker's face yeah he's fucking smart. well it, it's funny you know we uh, i don't know if we've name dropped them in this particular episode but um you know because uh because of you guys uh meeting them in uh tfcon dc i've i've been listening to uh more than meets the pod recently and one, mm-hmm. one of the, it's it's a lovely show i it, it cracks me up and you know we talk about inclusivity of the fandom yeah, and folks that aren't like us yada yada but the thing that about that I, i'm using broad strokes i mean no offense but something to that age group is like if you have two characters that share a scene together they're immediately in a ship mm-hmm. 
And and it's like so yes. they they're also reviewing individual episodes just like you guys are, but it's all like oh yeah you know Braun and Soundwave and you know all all of those crazy mm-hmm. pairings that you never really thought of, but yeah oh wait a sec they're they're on the screen at the same time so now it's <laughs> it's robot banging so. <laughs> Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, that is a big thing of like the the shipping of stuff and like in the fan fiction and stuff yeah. like that. And um, yeah, we um, I I love their show as well, and um, we may be getting them on the show for an for an episode as well, uh, like the same way we did with nice. you, Mike. To he share. says that having not asked yet. I asked. Listen, it's, <laughs> we'll see what happens. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, you're right. It is something that I was not exposed to before either of like uh, shipping characters yeah. and stuff like that that I didn't even really know existed. Um, so yeah, shipping characters is that the nomenclature people use? Yes. Yeah, like re- relationship. Like, oh, like, I, like, like. I was the, like putting them in a ship together so that they can fuck. Exactly. <laughs> and they're alone. Well, and here's the thing too. And while while uh, a lot of my progressive friends are are probably throwing their phones in anger, saying like, because like one of the other things I learned uh, specifically about fan fiction is like, you know, you can have characters that are in a ship, but they're, you know, it's it's. You know, my goofy sound effects aside, it's not always just robot fucking. It's just sure, you know, sure. Like for example, in the IDW comics, you know, it's not like you're seeing Chrome Dome and Rewind, like you know, explicitly fucking. So, you know, I I'm just I'm just making jokes here, but I thought, uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, just so it, just in in let that me go. Com- sh- so let me get in. Uh, you know, gosh, um, I want to try and answer this question seriously, mm-hmm. and I and I even though it's like a silly question. Um, okay, well, well, while you're thinking about, about it, bla- let me give you mine because okay, it's because it's it's different than it, it's changed. And actually, once again, my uh, uh, my my bud Ant from TFU, he uh, brought this up in his uh, he uh, uh, did a review of uh, season three episode Carnage in C Minor, and there is a scene where Galvatron and Soundwave are shown holding hands, yes. just the way the animation yes. is. And I latched onto that shit for some reason. There was something that just really clicked with me on that to the point where if if I go to a uh, next time I go to a TF con and Jack Lawrence happens to be one of the artists, I'm actually considering getting that done as a commission because that there's something about that that energy of Galvatron being Megatron, but not mm-hmm. and Soundwave being kind so of like not the loyal IDW lieutenant. version. It's it's G one. Yeah, it's, yeah, a, it's an episode. Oh, okay. I guess I I need to get there. It's yeah, like it's a blink and you miss it. It's literally like one frame of animation. It's just like Soundwave comes in and he's flying next to Galvatron, and the way the cells are overlaid, it looks like they're holding hands. So I mean that's now to be fair, that episode is riddled with garbage, but like animation. But yeah, I know what you're talking but, about. But but that's what I mean, though, and that's the kind of the spirit of this kind of question, you know. So like you know, mm-hmm. you know, I, I'm not even going to bother playing the the sound effect this time. But again, it's not so much banging, but it's like the the way I I envisioned it is like you know, kind of like the inverse of the Starscream line when when uh, Galvatron shows up at the coronation. You know, it's kind of like Megatron. Is that you? You know here's a hint this would be Mm -hmm. the inverse of that sound wave saying like wait a sec hey megatron is that you in there you know that kind of thing and for some Mm -hmm. reason you know being a a grown-ass man over the age of 40 for some reason that that energy really clicked with me and i was like oh Oh, my god did i have like a progressive (laughs) thought here that's weird also yeah and you could totally make i 
I think it wouldn't be a stretch to consider that maybe there was a romantic relationship between Soundwave and Megatron in that G1 sure. Sure. context. Or at least, I mean, Soundwave is so subservient, so I don't know how healthy a relationship that is. Or, or Megatron is so ego-driven. But, uh, you know, you. I was thinking this before you said Soundwave, and I thought an interesting pairing might be a uh, blaster and sound wave. Oh, sure. Honestly, mm-hmm. like I, I, there could like I like the idea of rivals having a secret affection towards. Each oh yeah, other. like Silverbolt and Black Arachne. See, there you go. Now stores. you're playing the home game. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. But, and then you get the ta- you get the tapes in there too, and you just have fucking uh, uh, you know uh, magnetic <laughs> tape all over the place. Everybody's just just sucking and sucking all over the place. Is, it's great. Is the is the equivalent of that just like a little person orgy all around you while you bang your rival? Ugh. I don't know about all this. Don't ugh, you judgmental. No, I don't know. The, I guess the, uh, it depends on like the way. It doesn't. Depends on how cute they are. <laughs> oh, God. The But in terms of the, uh, just to put myself on a platform and talk about my exposure to the IDW universe and being late to it and that that aspect of it that does go into relationships, I do love, I mean, most of, 99% of the characters in the Transformers universe are what you might call, I guess, male, male inclined or they're, they're patterned after male behaviors. And so by that token, you would say most of the relationships that are in that universe are, are homosexual relationships or gay relationships. I love how the comic book doesn't even address the concept of sexuality. It's just relationship. Mm -hmm. It's just, you're, they do address the concept of gender to a degree, but the concept of gender and how it plays into relationships is never a conversation. It's really just about like who you connect with and who you. Like, there's never like, oh, that's a boy and a boy. Yeah, together, gender is not, or a that's thing. a girl and a girl together. Well, gender is a thing. It just doesn't play into right. Well, yeah, that's what I meant. Relationships, and that's an interesting concept that I don't know that I've seen, and maybe it exists in other places. It's, but it's an interesting concept of the idea of like, what if you lived in a world where it just wasn't even a conversation Something about who or what that you, you yeah. felt like loving or did love so anyway but so i appreciate that that version of i of uh, that thing that idw dived into whether that was their intent or not to be like what if they, they, they just made robots cute and it inspired lots of dr- my twitter is ablaze with uh robots making out yep. absolutely <laughs> yep 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 yep. yeah i mean like i i love jack lawrence's art on lost light but he he's found like this whole second level of of fame in that like a lot of his commissions are ships and in fact, mm-hmm. even uh, Alex Milne put out a whole art book of various ships that he's been commissioned to do. A lot of a lot of the IDW affiliated Transformers artists are down to clown to do, you know, basically like your fanfic um, or your slash mm-hmm. fic or or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, to the point where, again, I might be to the point where my I might actually commission that piece that I that I was talking about with uh, with Galvatron and Soundwave right. for some reason that just I I I can't, I can't shake That'd it. That'd be awesome. I think it's cool. Um, then you got to ask that other question: Who would you bone? Which Transformer, Ryan? Would you bone? Ooh, Put I like bone this. Down. <laughs> Gears. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's not. That's so fun. <laughs> 
I just, I just thought of it because that's the next episode, or that's the upcoming episode we're doing. But no, um, I have seen, <laughs> I have seen fan fic, like fan comic books that are pretty explicit of like, uh, I can't, like maybe Daniel as an adult fucking RC. It's, Ooh, it's odd. Jesus, it's, talk it's about odd. the headmaster. I mean, uh, no, I, um, I I'm could, not kink shaving, but it is. Yeah. It, for me personally, it's odd. I could get, I could see, I could see like climb an Ultra Magnus. That's <laughs> um, that seems fun. You you want to climb up in that armor and cozy up with him? Yeah, yeah, I could see that. Wait a sec, spoilers for that let's, comic. Never mind. Let's, sorry. Let's mm-hmm. move. Let's move on. <laughs> well, you know. All right. So, um, oh, let's see. Who has the better rack, Soundwave or Shockwave? I mean. <laughs> Shockwave. Yeah. No contest. He's got that huge boob shelf. <laughs> he can't even see what's happening below his knees. <laughs> exactly. If I were to be attracted to a robotic rack, it would more likely be Shockwaves, but Soundwaves has more functionality and has like there's more going on. Storage there capability. <laughs> it ex- exi- it exists for a reason. It's almost like his rack is a real rack because it provides life and nourishment. <laughs> like boobies. <laughs> I thought that was the metaphor we were all going. No, I wanted there. to get. I wanted to make it. Explicit. Oh well, you, no. It, actually, I read it wrong. the The question from Tumblr explicitly reads: Who has better boobs, colon Soundwave or Shockwave? Anyway. I think. Uh, the, yeah. Sque- squeezably. <laughs> squeezably neither. Squeezably Shockwave. Uh, Life giving boob purpose hood. Soundwave. Wow, this is taking a weird turn. Well, uh, that's, I, I do have a few. You're a great host. Mike. Yeah, I, uh, I I try. Um, well, okay. So last question, um, because we already addressed uh, what you like about the fandom, and I think through doing this, we've kind of cracked the code of what makes this fandom fun. You know, we talked about like the the inclusivity and the. Um, diversity of it and 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 that's one of the things that makes it so cool um the the last question um and we'll uh we'll need to close out with uh with this and i'll give you a chance to talk about uh what's uh uh you know where we can find you on the internets and whatnot but what uh what crossover do you want to see with the transformers like you know you've got like the ghostbusters stuff you've got some of the comic stuff you know obviously they've been intertwined with gi joe and all of those other hasbro properties that i could care less about i don't need rom space knight in my transformers comic but Mm. but let me get off my soapbox and turn it to you guys uh aaron and ryan from the autopod decepticast what uh what uh what crossover do you want to see everybody's favorite robots in disguise uh crossover with um, this is Ryan and I will just say I don't like crossovers. I don't want I I don't want anything else in my Transformers really. That's even, why I asked cuz I know that's a hot take. Even GI Joe, I'll take some GI Joe, but like I just leave it alone. Just I don't want it, I don't know, it feels too weird. It feels too strange to have crossovers with Transformers. They just seem to be too much of their own thing to me. Uh, you know, I get excited by certain ideas like <laughs> Transformers, Star Wars, Transformers, Ghostbusters, Transformers, Terminator. I haven't read any of them. I don't even know if the Terminator one is out yet. It's not out yet. But um, the uh, as I am nearing the end of the IDW original series, the crossovering is what has killed it. The crossover is what's made it such a slog 
that makes me like I like I love the Lost Light part, but then all those other parts where you're jamming uh, GI Joe and and all those other Hasbro properties into it make it difficult to enjoy. So I, that was a business decision, and uh, but it didn't help in the storytelling. And also they're jamming multiple properties, not just one, and they're properties that are mandated by a brand. The so there's less novelty to it. Whereas in, I still am excited about those novelty ideas, and I don't know how people are receiving the Ghostbusters or the or the Star Trek stuff, but I like the idea of it. So, to make a short answer to a short question long, <laughs> I would say I'd like to see Transformers cross over with Transformers, <laughs> just like let's make better Transformers. <laughs> better Transformers. That was the stupidest answer to any question I've ever. <laughs> Uh, well, you can uh, you can enjoy more insight like that uh, during the Autopod Decepticast. <laughs> uh, guys, this has been a, a lot of fun. We've already talked for several hours. We could talk for several more hours. But uh, unfortunately, our time is nearing its end. So before we part ways for now, um, let folks know where we can find you on the Internet and how we can connect with you out on the social medias. Well, we've got... Uh... Our website, autopoddecepticast.com, where, uh, so let me back up. Let me start over. Edit this, Mike. (laughs) You can find our podcast on all major podcasting platforms, be it Apple Podcasts, Spotify, um, etc. You'll find us on Twitter to interact with us from a social media standpoint, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. And then, of course, is the website, Autopod Decepticast. We put all kinds of ancillary material uh, as we break down the episode and, and, and dive into other tangents of pop culture. We tend to capture it and put it on the, the website as kind of just extra fun material to dive into. All of our social media is at APODDCast. Thank you, Ryan. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> what, where, where are you going? Noah, that's where it. Where are you Go going, ahead. Ryan? So since the last time we connected... You've added a new platform to connect with your audience. Tell folks about what you're doing on Patreon. I wasn't trying to be all like that, but <laughs> since you went there, Mike. This is the part of the show where you're supposed to do that. You know, it's like, go go listen to my spec script uh, uh, Batman Beyond show. Go see me at Cracklefest. Do the thing. Listen to the stuff. This is how we do it. Come on, man. If you if if you sample the show, you like what we do, uh, and have fun with it, we do have a Patreon presence, patreon.com slash apoddcast, mm-hmm. where you can contribute at several tiers, and your rewards for being a Patreon involve. Uh, there's a little bit more access uh, from a, just a social standpoint. We, we, we are on there and interact a, a little bit in some different ways than we do on the main social media. But uh, really, we're all artists, designers, illustrators, and so there's various pieces of physical content, if you will, posters, drawings, designs that uh, y- that we produce and and are part of a package. Of yep, bonuses. we're just gearing up to send out some uh, APDC booty boxes pretty soon. That's right. Yeah. So. Uh, w- 
we're extremely competent. I would say among the, <laughs> among the most competent of that of, you'll ever find of Transformers artists out there that are not actually creating comic book work and working <laughs> professionally in this day. Uh, but uh, so there's a, yeah, there'll be a lot of fun materials that we put in our in our booty box. Yeah, and, and we just to our uh, patrons. hope you enjoy our show. Yeah, so that, that yes, thank you, Mike, for making me talk about that. <laughs> Very good. Well, uh, before uh, before I cut you all loose, uh, any uh, final thoughts? Anything that uh, that you want to get out there um, before we go our separate ways? Um, gosh, no, this was a lot of fun. Thank you for having us on, Mike. Thank you for being on our show, our Heavy Metal War uh, episode one hundred and twenty, which will be out. There we go. Thank you. I'm glad you did it. You made you. you did it um and uh yeah no that's pretty much it i just oh it's always a fun to interact with you and we hope to see you uh maybe at some more cons in the future as well maybe well you know we threw this out on uh autopod decepticast you know depending upon how my ongoing home remodeling goes uh mm-hmm. tfcon orlando is definitely out but perhaps in the fall perhaps chicago if tfcon returns there if it yeah um, if it I, chicago, I, that, we're all looking at it that's that's something that we might uh might be able to accomplish so i guess tune back in in march you know because they they announced the next tfcon after um after that one i'm i'm also we haven't talked about this but i am skipping uh, tfcon toronto this year also can't uh can't quite swing a foreign visit uh this time around but i know mm. having been to chicago and now dc i would recommend uh tfcon toronto as well because it it's uh much like our neighbors to the north themselves it's like the u.s but not. It has like its own vibe, its own scene, and its own set of colorful characters that uh, that don't make it down to the U.S. shows. So it's a uh, it's. It- you can you can say it, Mike. French Canadians. <laughs> I don't know if there's any French Canadians there, but and Toronto is nowhere near Quebec. I don't think, but nope. I'm just well. Maybe there's some French Canadian transfer. Never mind. I was just a stupid joke. Uh, I will say uh, there's an 80 percent chance I'll be at TFCon Orlando. So if you're listening and you'll be there, I'll be a guy wearing an Autopod Decepticast T-shirt, no doubt. So uh, please come by and say hi. And yes, if the rumors are true and there is a TFCon Chicago then I think that we will probably come together and produce some content for it. And Mike, if you mm. decide that you're going to that, would love to partner with you yeah. on that as well. Awesome. Uh, so uh, if, if, if that is a thing that is real, then I, I think we'll probably have a space at it. We've been given, I'm not trying to brag or nothing because it's not really anything to brag about, but we've been told that uh, anytime we want to come produce a panel at TFCon, we can do it. Mm-hmm. Very good. I'm. I'm a- also, we don't get paid. We also we don't yeah. get paid for that work, so it's an easy thing to offer somebody. I love it. I love it. It's a lot of fun. All right. Well, um, for 250 episodes of Mike Seibert Radio, my name is Mike. Hey, I'm Ryan. I'm Aaron. Congratulations on your 250, Mike. Yay. Thank you for Thank having you. us Thank you. Five on. episodes. I, I love it. Um, uh, and until next time, make good choices. Bye, bye, bye. This was a pretty good thing we just did. (laughs) No mail today. Nobody likes you. Let's show Mike some love. 
right into the mailbag at MikeCyberRadio at gmail.com. And of course, the spelling on that is S-E-I-B-E-R-T. You've got mail. Everybody loves you. Join us for the following previews. All right, real quick, before I get deeper into these exciting announcements, I um, uh, turns out I apparently can't read a calendar. Uh, episode 120 of Autopod Decepticast will be out next Sunday, February 9th, not last Sunday before this episode uh, posts, uh, kind of like I thought. So I apologize for the confusion. I thought I had it all squared away because, you know, I even refer to it uh, in the episode and I talk about a lot of other things uh, that you haven't heard yet um, in the past tense. And I, I try not to do that, but that uh, uh, that that one kind of got past me. Uh, but it is our review of the season finale of the first year of the Transformers cartoon Heavy Metal war what no Eh, fine whatever um it it is also the uh the introduction of the constructicons and one of my most vivid memories of that episode it is my favorite episode of season one uh but one of the things i totally forgot to mention during our uh double triple bonus length uh conversation over on autopod decepticast um uh, one of my favorite memories isn't actually part of the episode itself it's actually the uh preview trailers uh that that ran for it along with other iconic episodes uh that was at the end of Transformers the movie uh on that uh videotape when it first came out from uh FAG uh, Family Home Entertainment um and uh I I remember this very vividly a lot of the dialogue that's just like seared into my memory um it, it's not as much from me watching the episode which I did have that tape and I did watch that episode quite a bit but um, I, I watched the tape for Transformers, the movie more and, um, you know, it, that, that preview at the end was almost kind of like a stinger scene because the, the credits are, um, you know, relatively short. Uh, but, uh, but anyway, that, that dialogue stuck with me more from watching that preview on the VHS at the end of the credits. Uh, uh check it out. <laughs> Constructicons joined forces with Megatron to wage an all-out war for control of Cybertron. This device will enable me to strike at the Autobots through Optimus Prime's only weakness, his overdeveloped sense of honor. (laughs) Megatron challenges Optimus Prime to a one-on-one duel. The loser must exile himself and his army to deep space for eternity. 
The winner may stay where he chooses. He secretly attains all the Decepticon's energy. The strength transfer is a success. I now possess all your powers in addition to my own. Megatron's heavy artillery defeats his enemy. Optimus, can you transform? I'll try. Autobots, roll out. Perhaps for the last time. Is it the end for Optimus Prime and his Autobots? Transformers, Heavy Metal War. All right, so uh, uh, looping back around and following up on a few things from the beginning of the show, uh, this Sunday, February 9th at El Corazon in Seattle, don't miss Jeff Kuth and his new band Supersonic Battle Squad uh, opening for the Toasters and Mustard Plug along with Mr. Blank and the Replicators on their West Coast tour. That is going to be a huge, fun ska show. Uh, 15 bucks in advance, 18 at the door. Doors are at 7, shows at 8, all ages bar with ID. More information can be found at lcorazon.com. And like I said, you know, I, I'm I really kind of excited to reconnect with Jeff and meet the other guys in the band as well. And uh, who knows, maybe we'll uh, uh, hook up a time and do an interview sometime. Uh, so uh, really looking forward to that. Um, and also, also, like I mentioned earlier, uh, save the date. Cybefest uh, Northwest, the unofficial Transformers convention in the Pacific Northwest by the fans for the fans, uh, will be held this year on Saturday, August 1st at the Kent Commons Community Center. And uh, uh, get this, this is really cool. They're uh, they're currently running a contest through Gleam. Um, it's a it's a website, and there are four ways you can enter to win tickets. For this year's show, uh, I would imagine months before you can even register or buy tickets. So uh, check that out at sibefestnw.com for more details. I uh, I am going to be, um, I, I would imagine, fairly involved in this year's uh, event from like like a media standpoint. I'm not sure exactly what all that means yet, but I you know, I will be talking about it quite a bit as my uh, involvement increases. But yeah, so as soon as I can, yeah, save the date uh, August 1st uh, Sidefest Northwest 2020 and keeping it in the world of the Transformers, the Cybertronic Spree have announced their Party Till We Break 2020 North America American tour uh, tickets go on sale this Friday, February seventh. Now I've um, I interviewed the Cybertronic Spree. Um, oh gosh, maybe it was a few years ago. Now they they had just recently released their uh, uh, first original song. I think it's still their only original song called Cybertronic Warrior. Um, you know the Cybertronic Spree. Basically, they're uh, they are they are characters from Transformers the movie, and they perform songs from the soundtrack as well as a lot of other uh, uh, favorites of that era, um, including a um, I, I would consider quite viral uh, cover of Led Zeppelin's "Immigrant Song." That uh, that that got them a lot of uh, notoriety and and surprise popularity last year. Um, so I I've been a fan of theirs for uh, for quite some time. Uh, supported their Kickstarter for uh, 
uh, Transformers 1986, their uh, cover album of uh, Transformers the movie soundtrack. Uh, but they've uh, they've always kind of notoriously stayed in kind of like the greater east coast uh, cyber toronto area you know it's like they'll go to chicago and like no further west than that but i'm uh i i am so excited to announce as a part of this tour there will indeed be a seattle stop uh that is going to be on sunday april 5th at the high dive that's a great venue for them and i I'm just going to say right here, I'm going to drop everything to go to that show. Um, I think I've, I've promised that in uh, um, shows in the past uh, because it just, it, it seemed so unlikely that, you know, one that they would go on a tour, um, but that, that tour would actually take them all the way uh, to the West coast into the Seattle area. I, you know, I, I never thought it was going to happen. And well, you know, I, I, I would have waited an eternity for this. Um, uh, but that, that is really exciting news and uh, no word yet. If uh, Kirby crackle will be on that lineup or not. I know uh, Kyle has played with the, uh, the spree before in uh, Chicago and I, I think Toronto as well. But, uh, uh, but I do want to remind you that crackle fest, 10 is coming up uh, again that is going to be friday march 13th it is crackle fest x uh capping off the celebration of 10 years of nerd rock during emerald city comic-con weekend at the hard rock seattle uh that is going to be featuring live looping and mermaid pop from emily mcvicker and the most rowdy nerd rockers i have ever seen h2 awesome from denver plus Kirby Crackle's headlining set is going to be their iconic fan favorite album, E for Everyone, played front to back. You know all the words to all the songs, just like I do, so come on out and hang with us in the cavern room uh, after that uh, long, hard day out on the convention floor. There's going to be themed drinks and more. I will be your host again this year. They keep asking me to come back and get on the stage and and ramble much like I am now. Uh, It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, Crackle Fest 10, March 13th. Hard Rock Seattle. Uh, more info at KirbyCrackleMusic.com. And uh, just to give you a heads up and and a uh, shout out for uh, producer Dave. Um he and I have been, he, he's been, well, he's been working and I've been just kind of like, you know, giving him ideas, but, uh, he's, uh, he's working on a promo, uh, for Crackle Fest, uh, like he's done the last couple years. Uh, so, uh, look for that soon. Um, he, uh, he just, uh, threw a couple concepts at me, uh, the other day and I, I'm, I'm getting kind of excited for what, what he does. Um, and finally, uh, to close things out also happening during Emerald City Comic Con weekend, it's back. Uh, Northwest Nerd Podcast is throwing another cosplay contest and after party. Uh, after the day's events at Emerald City Comic Con are over, head over to the Ray Gun Lounge for their annual cosplay camaraderie. Uh, that will be on Saturday, March 14th at 8 p.m. Northwest Nerd presents amateur cosplay contest and after party. Uh, your guest judges for that event will be Hudson Michael photography may jean cosplay and pixie bomber cosplay and that event will be emceed by my dude eric mannix who will be at crackle festa doing some uh, photography as well um that will be at the ray gun lounge in downtown seattle not far from the convention center that is going to be a ton of fun i'm going to try to make it there if i can it depends upon if i'm working or not but if i can i will definitely go 
That's going to be a lot of fun. It's a, it's going to be a busy month or so uh, as we march toward Emerald City Comic Con and beyond uh, with more spotlight interviews with artists and more in the coming weeks right here on Mike Seibert Radio. But that will do it for this week's episode. Thank you so much for hanging out with me for 250 episodes. I truly appreciate it. And if you want to listen to our past shows, including every other episode I've ever posted from the KGRG era to now, and give or take a few, uh, subscribe on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcast. Like, share, rate, and review the show. Let me know what you think. Mike Seibert Radio is produced by Dave Sanders. For my guests Ryan and Aaron from Autopod Decepticast, my name is Mike. This has been Mike Seibert Radio. And until next time, make good choices. You've been listening to the Mike Seibert Radio Podcast. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram by searching at Mike Seibert Radio. Email us at MikeSybertRadio at gmail.com. The spelling on that, of course, is S-E-I-B-E-R-T. Call into the voicemail hotline at 231-224-MIKE. Once again, that's 231-224-6453. Special thanks to Michael Geisler for our theme music. For more like it, check out ByDoorMusic.com. This has been a Mike Seibert Radio Production.